The best way to reach as many people as possible is to make good content. And the three basic ingredients or steps to making good content are isolating your audience's identity, investigating your audience's needs, and identifying your gifts in the way God has gifted you in your ministry. Welcome to the Ministry of Skill podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help your ministry multiply its digital impact. Well, today we're continuing our series of sharing content from the Digital Ministry Conference from the spring. Right now, we're going to hear from Chris Martin, who is involved with content strategy at Moody Publishers. He's been involved with Lifeway and other places. At one point, he managed over 60 social media managers as they were working through over 200 different social media sites. I can't even imagine that. But Chris shares some very, very practical tips about how you can be using social media to grow your audience. You're going to want to listen to this entire podcast. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. Chris is someone that really thinks about social and content in particular. Um, He's the content marketing editor at Moody Publishers, and he uses it every single day for his work. Um, So he he works in social media and in strategic marketing um, as a communications specialist, and he regularly writes for his newsletter. If you go to his website, I believe it's termsofservice.social, you can actually sign up for his newsletter, and some of his work, I think, has found its way into the book as well. Um, Terms of Service is available on Amazon, and he's going to talk to you a little bit about today. The title of his talk is Using Social to Maximize Your Reach. And I think it's, it's quite interesting to hear from someone who's using it in publishing, in the nonprofit space, in uh, for ministry as well. So, Chris, if you could come up here, we would love to hear a little bit of your wisdom and your expertise in the area. Good morning. First, I need to um, preemptively apologize. If you are from around here or close to here, you know that the weekend was actually a beautiful weekend. If you've only been here in the last 24 hours, you probably think I'm lying, but I promise it was 75 degrees and sunny this weekend, and my wife and I with our daughter, and actually my parents were in town, spent the entire weekend in our backyard it wasn't until about Sunday afternoon I recognized that one of the trees was blooming. So <clears throat> if you hear me sniffling from time to time, it's because spring came early and so did allergies. Um, secondly, I'm, I just want to say that I'm really proud of everyone um, who found pants other than sweatpants to be here uh, this morning. I don't know about a lot of you guys, but especially working in digital ministry and media. I spent a lot of the last couple of years working from home in sweatpants, but more like this on top maybe. Uh, so... So kudos to all of you. I'd like to see hands again. Um, I know he just asked, but who all in here directly manages social media as part of your day job every day? Good, good portion of the room. How many of you oversee people who manage social media as part of their day job every day? Okay. So before I get started, I'm going to say something that is maybe encouraging to the social media managers and a little awkward for their bosses, but... Um, What you do is incredibly important, social media managers. Um, I spent a number of years, as I'll talk about in a minute, running social media for a large organization on the front lines every day through some of the most tumultuous years that organization's seen in the last 100 years or so. And I cannot express how important 
your work is to you. And I just want to affirm you in that, and I want to say you should get paid more. <laughs> That's why I said it might be awkward for your bosses, but, but really, the work of social media managers is often overlooked. I think it's often seen as not as serious as it is. Um, and I think it's important that social media managers, whether by their bosses or otherwise, are, are recognized for the really hard, really important work that you do, because you don't just do, mar I mean, depending on your role, you don't just do marketing, um, but you're on the front lines of PR and communications, and I had no background in that, and I learned it kind of baptism by fire. So I know how that work is, and I know it's really hard. So I just want to say for, for the social media managers here this morning that I understand the work you do, I understand it's really difficult, and I think what you do is really important. So as I said, I currently serve at Moody Publishers. I've been with Moody for about a year and a half, um, I'm grateful to be part of a great team of such talented people. There are half a dozen other people from Moody alone who could be up here giving this talk um, rather than me, and they're just so talented. But before that, I spent seven years at Lifeway Christian Resources here in the Nashville area, which is what brought me here and, and why I still live here. Uh, eventually, I, I served in different roles over the course of those seven years from 2013 to 2020. But the last couple of years, I was like the head of social media, and they never really had one of those before, and we created the role. And so in my role leading social media strategy at Lifeway, I oversaw 60 social media managers. Now, they were marketing specialists who all would have raised their hand in this room, but they were also running email campaigns and, you know, all of that. You guys know how that goes. And so I oversaw 60 social media managers who were overseeing 270 social media accounts. 270 social media accounts. So a significant part of my role was getting a lot of those closed, which if you've ever tried to close a social media account, in your ministry, it's like you're ripping away someone's firstborn child that they haven't fed in six months. It's like, you're not even feeding this thing. Why, why do you care if I take it away? Anyway, that's another conversation. So, so needless to say, I've devoted virtually my entire career. I've only been at Moody since, since I left Lifeway in 2020. I've devoted virtually my whole career to social media strategy and figuring out how to use these platforms well. Before we get into some super tactical strategies... Um, some of which I actually think Tabitha and I didn't coordinate this, though I also do have a Venn diagram. Um, a lot of what we'll talk about here, I think, is kind of a, just a social media application of a lot of her thinking and a lot of what she just gave you. Um, but I think it's important for us first to notice that the real success of social media strategy is found off of social media. Social media is a means to an end. Every social media strategy you execute should have the primary goal of connecting with your audience off of social media. You do not own your audience online, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You do not own your audiences there. All those Facebook group members, Instagram and Twitter followers, all of that's owned by the social media platforms themselves. And as, li as long as you rely on social media, as a primary means of connecting with your audience, you are beholden to the rules and whims of social media companies. And you do not want to be in that position. And some of you may know that all too well if you've been at this for a little while. The best way to use social media to maximize your reach is to drive your audience into email lists or other forms of intimate off-social media communication so that you can connect with them in a more reliable, less costly way. Once upon a time in the early 2010s, again, which some of you may remember if you've been at this for a bit, you could expect an average organic Facebook post to reach about 15 to 20% of your page's followers. And that's average, often quite higher. I remember I was running a Facebook page around 2013, and it was not uncommon for us to be reaching at least 50% of our audience on any given organic Facebook post. 
Today, the average organic Facebook post reaches about 5% of a page's followers. I got that from a few sources. A lot of, in, in a lot of my consulting work, I've seen that lower, more like two to four, even lower than 5%. We're talking reach here, not even engagement. This isn't because the whole world just suddenly got bad at making content. <laughs> I don't know. It just didn't happen. That's not how it happened. In 2016, picking on Facebook in particular, they are the largest and, and merit some closer scrutiny for this reason. It's because back in 2016, Facebook changed the algorithm to favor people and profiles over pages for a whole host of reasons. No offense to any MetaMates who may be in the room, but the best way to use Meta's social media platforms and their suite of tools for your ministries is to use Meta to free yourself from Meta. We ought to see Meta the same way they see us as a means to an end. You shouldn't have to pay money to reach more than 5% of your audience, and until you use social media to grow beyond social media, you will be beholden to social media, paying a rent to communicate with the people who want to know more about you and your ministry. And that's not right. Social media is the front porch of our ministries, a way to meet people and make acquaintances. And if we have any hope of developing a deeper relationship with our audiences, we need to invite them inside, into the living room, into a more intimate relationship not mediated by algorithms and changes to those algorithms. We must, use social, we must not use social media perpetually with no plan of moving elsewhere. We must always have in mind the idea of using social media to free ourselves from it. One more aside before we get into the heart of what I have to say. Going viral isn't worth it. Going viral isn't worth it. In my seven years leading social media strategy at LifeWay and the countless consulting meetings I've had over the years, the most common question, the most often request that I've received will not be foreign to any social media managers in the room. And here is the question. Can you help us go viral? Can you help us go viral? Everyone wants to go viral. Well, at least they think they do until it actually happens. Because it seems like more and more these days, the easiest way to go viral is to do something to really make a lot of people mad in a really short period of time. And then you very quickly regret going viral. So social media managers, again, a little family talk here. If your boss or others in the organization ever ask you to go viral, you say, do you know what might have to happen for that to happen? I don't think you want us to go, to go viral. If social media is a video game, going viral is perceived as the way to slay the final boss and rescue the princess. For many who work in social media, and frankly many who don't, the way you succeed at social media is by attaining that all-powerful, ever-elusive experience of going viral, perhaps even to the point that your brand is featured on a daytime television show, followed quickly by skincare ads and, uh, and, and accident lawyer commercials. The topic I've been asked to speak with you about today is, is using social media to maximize your reach, which could easily be misunderstood as going viral, and I assure you that is the last thing I'm here to talk to you about today. That will either come as a great relief or a great disappointment to you, depending on how you view these things. But if going viral isn't the answer, then what are we even doing here? If, if it's not just a get-rich, get-famous-quick scheme, what are we doing? Do we just pack up, go home, burn some incense to the algorithm gods, hoping for the best? Of course not. So what do we do? How do we use social media to maximize both the reach of our ministries and the reach of our social media efforts themselves? The same answer applies to both, actually, which is convenient. 
And here it is. The best way to use social media is to maxim sorry, to use social media to maximize your reach is to just make good content. Make good content. That's it. Well, I mean, here's a better, more, more smart sounding answer for you. The best way to use social media to maximize your reach is to isolate your audience, investigate their needs, and identify the gifts God has given you to steward for the good of his kingdom. I use a Venn diagram, um, and this is the one that I use. Uh, it's very sophisticated, as you can tell. I am a graphic designer. Uh, graphic design is my passion. <coughs> That's a joke. Um, my, simple super, uh, my, sorry, my simple guide to good content, simply put, the best way to reach as many people as possible is to make good content. And the three basic ingredients or steps to making good content are isolating your audience's identity, investigating your audience's needs, and identifying your gifts and the way God has gifted you in your ministry. So some of this may not be new to you. In a lot of my consulting, I've learned that a lot of it is kind of foreign to folks in social and, and digital content in general. So we'll walk through them briefly, and then I have just a concluding thought. So first, isolate your audience. Isolate their audience's identity. Really, this is quite simple. It's as simple as figuring out how your audience would fill out like a census survey, right? These are like demographic pieces of information that social media platforms will often give you if you look hard enough. Is my audience made up of more men, women, or is it roughly equal? Does my ministry team, uh, just sorry, does my ministry seem to serve people in rural, suburban, or urban contexts more than others? What do I think is the general socioeconomic status of the people that I'm reaching on the internet or elsewhere? Do people, do we serve people in certain sectors of the workforce more than others? You know, do you serve people who work in, in more rural kind of work environments or, or maybe more urban, you know, like suit and tie kind of environments? Are the people we serve typically single or married? Do they tend to have kids or not? Creating good social media content requires you to know a lot about your audience. It requires you to understand your audience. And that's because in a lot of ways, some people would disagree with me on this, but I think it's pretty important. Your, your content should be audience first, not organization first. We'll get to that at the end. I'm really passionate about that, and any remaining time I will spend kind of talking about that. You're looking for the bullseye of your audience here. Use all the data you've gathered to find a clear target audience. Secondly, we want to investigate our audience's needs. Now that you've isolated your audience and you've identified the bullseye you should aim to reach, you should try to figure out what the needs of those people are. If you're targeting, if, if, you're, if your uh, ministry is serving single moms of a lower socioeconomic status who live in rural areas, the kind of content you create is going to be very different than the ministry reaching married dads working in an urban context who might be of a higher socioeconomic status. The, the kind of content you create should be tailored to your audience. That may sound really simple and plain to some of you, especially if you're maybe attending a conference like this, but I found that too much of that is too often assumed and it's not taken into consideration. The brand drives things rather than the needs of the audience, and I think that's where a lot of ministries, in my experience, go wrong. The simplest way to investigate the needs of your target audience is just to ask them. If your ministry has a way of regularly communicating with people, ask your audience what their needs are, whether that's through phone calls you make about like donors or email communication you may have, or even on social media itself, if you have a group or some sort of environment that feels more like a roundtable experience than a platform experience. Have communication with your audience through those regular uh, veins of communication. Ask them what their needs are. And not like, don't ask them, what kind of social media content do you want us to make? Because that's just kind of weird and wooden and awkward. I think you all know that. But like, just at, like, 
figure out what their needs are in life, like what your ministry is trying to serve them in, and then you all in this room should be wise enough to be able to translate that to social, to social media content. I think you can figure out how to translate the needs of your audience to, to online content. Third and finally, identify your gifts. So this third and final ingredient to making good content is the only three that's focused on you and your ministry. The other two are focused on your audience. And I think this, that's important, that's intentional in how I created this very simple guide to good content. The majority of our content strategy should revolve around the needs of our audience, and we use our gifts to address those needs. This is asking questions like, what is our ministry able to provide that no other ministry can that we, that, you know, that we know of? Or even more than that, how is our ministry uniquely positioned to serve people in a certain way? We're asking a lot of questions like this at Moody Publishers right now. There are a lot of amazing Christian publishers out there. I used to work for one. I currently work for another. Crossway is great. So, like, there's just so many great Christian publishers out there. You know, we've asked the question a lot recently, what makes Moody Publishers unique? Like, what, what do we have to offer? What do we, what do, we do um, other than publishing great books like When Helping Hurts? Um, but, like, what, what, what can we offer that other ministries can't? Well, we're, we're a publishing ministry, a Christian publishing ministry, that's closely wedded to a great, huge Christian radio ministry and one of the most trusted Bible institutes in the world. How can we use those relationships and that unique positioning to serve people better in ways that other Christian publishers who don't have those connections can't. You figure that out for your ministry. In what ways has God uniquely gifted you, the people in your ministry, the position, like context and time and everything that you find yourself in? How, how has God orchestrated all of that for your ministry to serve a very specific group of people and their specific set of needs and translate that to online content? This is not only good stewardship, but it, it actually makes for the best content. This leads to more engagement. It leads to more reach on social. But that goes back to this sort of foundational point, sort of the heart of the matter. Serving is greater than self-promotion. Serving is greater than self-promotion. The most common, by far, social media mistake I see Christian ministries make, whether churches, publishing houses, missions organizations is this, over-promoting their products and services to the detriment of their audiences, period. And now, again, this is where I might get a little bit awkward, social media managers in the room likely recognize that. And in my experience and what I used to do at Lifeway and in my consulting work is a lot of the ground level foot soldiers who are posting to social media all the time recognize that overly self-promotional content posted on a regular basis does not perform well. But they are regularly, poorly being led by their managers to constantly promote organically, I'm talking organic here, not paid, and it's shrinking an audience, reducing engagement, engagement, reducing reach, and ultimately killing your social media work. We are our biggest fans. The ministries we work in, we are our biggest fans. And that's the way it should be. No one is as interested in your new ministry initiative as you are. So don't assume they are. Convince them. You have to convince them. You cannot assume anything anymore. You have to convince people to care about what you do. And that's good, because if, if what you do is worthy, it shouldn't be hard. You just got to figure out some creative, ways, some creative ways to do it. It's likely that 80% of your content is self-promotional and 20% of it actually provides value, and this should be flipped. 80% of your content should provide value, be interesting. 
and 20% of it should promote your brand. And walking that line is hard, and making that switch is really hard, but you will see social media go far better for you and your ministry if you make it a lot less about you and a lot more about the needs and the interests of your audience. No go viral quick scheme can deliver the real reach and influence that's earned by consistently posting content that helps others. And every social media strategy should have the ultimate goal of driving your audience to engage with you off of social media. Using social media is difficult. It seems like child's play sometimes. It seems really easy. Seems like, let's just like give it to the intern, <clears throat> right? I've been there. But it's a marathon of hard work. Social media managers often have just a little bit of money, and it requires a tremendous amount of patience. A tremendous amount of patience. I led LifeWay Christian Resources social media through the closure of all 170 bookstores in the beginning of the 2020 coronavirus pandemic. I can tell you those experiences drove me out of running social media every day. And so I know a lot of you in here might find yourself, whether your ministry is going through some PR crisis and you're waking up every morning asking, who's mad at us today? Why and what do we do about it? I've been there. And like I said, know your work is important. It's not for the faint of heart, but done well and done with a purpose, again, to drive your audience to a deeper relationship with you through email lists or other non-social media related avenues can be really effective to maximize the reach of your ministry and help you serve as many people as the Lord would have you. So thank you. I, I, again, I can't say how vital I think your work is, especially those of you who are in the grind of this every day in Hootsuite or whatever other platform scheduling content. I'm grateful for you, and I think what you do is, is so important. So thanks, and, and that's it. You know, I think my favorite quote from Chris's talk is, the best way to use meta is to use meta to free yourself from meta. A, a lot of times it's, it's easy to think if we've got a huge audience on social, on Facebook, on Twitter, that, that that is where it's at. And I think he brings up a really good point that we need to think of social as a means to an end, not an end in and of itself. And that, that actually got me thinking, how should we be measuring success for social? The most common and easiest things is to measure followers, comments, uh, maybe even how many people have uh, engaged, those kind of things. But, but maybe we should create a metric that tracks how many people on your social have actually joined your email list or how many people on your social do you also have them engaging in other areas of your ministry? Well, you know, I'd love to hear from you if you have any creative metrics that you've used to measure your social media success and specifically getting people from social into the broader sphere of influence of your ministry. So I really hope you can take this learning back and apply it to your ministry. And as always, thank you so much for listening to Ministry at Scale. And until next week, keep learning, keep growing, and keep impacting your world for Christ.